Hello and welcome. It is Thursday. It is August 12th and this is the Fantasy Focus Baseball Podcast. The Fantasy Focus Baseball, as always, is presented by LinkedIn Jobs. I am Tristan H. Cockroft. The H stands for happy, although my hat, which also starts with H, is not staying up particularly well. We'll see how that goes. I bet the hat's going to come up a little bit in the show. So let's tee up here. It's my voice again that starts, not Eric Carabell's. He's off enjoying his great Phillies run. You know, he's totally back on the bandwagon, fully expecting a Phillies playoff spot and everything. So I understand he needs just a little break in the hammock. So in his place, I welcome in my good friend, my colleague, and a guy who knows a heck of a lot about baseball, our ESPN senior writer uh, on the MLB side, Dave Schoenfield. Dave, welcome to the show. Well, thanks for having me, Tristan. And I'm staring at you here on the computer screen, and you are wearing a corn hat. We all know why. We got the big Field of Dreams game tonight, which is very exciting. But I, what I have to know, why do you own a corn hat? I mean, you're not from Iowa. I'm not. No, I did not fly out there, go and get a hat and then bring it back for this. But I figured this was on uh, <laughs> this is on brand for the game tonight for the, the good old Field of Dreams classic. And I've got my Yankee shirt ready for it. I cannot wait for tonight's game. Um, so this hat actually came from my son's Boy, Boy Scout troop. This is uh, the popcorn kernels hat. <laughs> <laughs> If you know that anything about the uh, the Boy Scout uh, sales, they they sell popcorn in the in the fall. So this is this is where that came from. So I get to stand in front of a whole Boy Scout troop in the fall and just I make do, an idiot I, out of myself. <laughs> I have a nephew who's in Boy Scouts, and a couple years ago, I'm like, sure, I'll buy the popcorn, and it's like a hundred bags of popcorn. It lasted me like an entire year. <laughs> Well, you got to know which popcorn. <laughs> you got to know which ones to get. Some of those are real good. I always get the ones that I, I pop my own popcorn. That thing lasts forever. So I got like <laughs> jars in my cabinet. You know, oh, always got to enjoy the fundraising, support the kids and stuff. So you know, now it's time for me to be a complete idiot on this show instead of just for the with the troop. Let's just be an idiot on this show. Before I do that, of course, let's welcome in Kyle Soppy. He presses all the buttons. He puts together the shows. He puts together the notes. Man, he does absolutely everything. He's our ultimate utility man. So, Kyle, thank you again for all you do here. There he is. All right. I get the thumbs up. That means we can start the show. So, Feel the Dreams game. I mean, it's a big topic to me. I, I think spinning it fantasy-wise, we'll get into the schedule a little bit later, just the Yankees and the White Sox. So, Dave, I want to talk a little bit about them first because obviously we have some storylines. We talked a little bit on Monday about the returns of the White Sox outfielders, Eloy Jimenez, who's been great since he came back from the injured list, uh, batting 289, five home runs, 14 RBI now in the 12 games he's played since activation. And we got Luis Robert back this week as well. He's two for eight with two strikeouts in the two games that he has played. The White Sox also placed Carlos Rodon, who was supposed to start tonight on the injured list. That was a shoulder issue. So I'd love to get your perspective, Dave, on where the White Sox are at. They do look like a clear playoff team. They're in good shape here. They've they've definitely strengthened themselves with the outfielders, but they lost Rodon. How do you feel about the offense, those two outfielders? How do you feel about Rodon and his workload? That's come up a lot on the show. Yeah, it's that's one thing, whether it's real baseball or fantasy, that we're all going to be paying attention to here right down the stretch is where are these pitchers? on their innings. And for the most part, we know managers have been pretty conservative this year. I think Todd Zola mentioned this on Monday, right? Zach Wheeler is the only guy who might get to 200 innings. But so what we don't know about Rodon are the White Sox just kind of playing this safe because they have the big lead. 
There's no reason to, to push him. They can be really conservative. Or is this something deeper that we have to worry about? That's We don't know, right? And that's this is going to pop up. Not a lot of teams have a big lead like, like the White Sox do, but it's something to pay attention to. Um, and Rodon, obviously, hasn't pitched much the last couple of years. I hope they're just playing it safe. And this is just going to be the 10 days, and then he's back. Um, but his innings, I think, are going to be limited, you know, down the stretch. They want him strong for the, for the playoffs. Yeah, and they've been doing that quite a bit all year. They push him back when they have off days. I have noticed yeah. that. We, and the reason I've said on the show I'm not really concerned at all about the workload from the long-term perspective is that. I think they've done a good job managing him. I, I'm with you. I, I wish I knew the answer as to whether this is a true injury that they are concerned about long term or if it's just taking the opportunity to give him a rest knowing there's a day off. They're not playing divisional play right now. They're playing out-of-division opponents. And I, I don't I don't know that those games are as important to them. They kind of want to lock down the division, I think, first. Yep. I, I hope it's nothing more than that. I'm not going to jump off the Rodon bandwagon. I, I, I get the impression you won't either. No, I won't. And – you know, I think these teams in the American League, they're also kind of playing for that number one seed, which isn't hugely important, but it's something to factor in. You know, I think the White Sox would prefer to have home field advantage if they can, you know, get there as they battle Houston and, and Tampa Bay for, for that honor. Um, so, look, I, all we can do is sit tight, but no, I'm not dumping him. I'm keeping him. He's been so good, arguably you know, on the fringe of that Cy Young race, the way he's pitched. Um, so we'll see, you know, and I know you guys talked about Luis Robert the other day. My question is, we don't really know who he is, right? Last year, he had that unbelievable August, which we call the first half of 2020, and then that terrible September. So we know the upside is off the charts, but he's gonna, is he going to get there? I don't know, you know, so I'm not real high on Robert tearing it up here, you know, these last seven or eight weeks. I'm not either. I, I feel like Todd gave a very fair assessment of him on Monday show. And that was that if you're taking him because he contributes stolen bases, you'll probably be happy with what he provides. But I don't know how much we have a right to expect otherwise. I think that was a pretty fair way of looking at it. And I, yeah. I agree with him on that. I, I think that's. Like Eloy is the guy who I think has a very complete swing. His hit tool is a lot better. Yep. I've always liked it. I, I'm much more optimistic there. I just think Robert is, matters for fantasy because he steals you some bases. Yep. Other side of the ball, the Yankees, um, you mentioned about playing for, for, for home field advantage. That did hurt the Yankees a couple of years back. They had that one where they lost home field advantage, and that did come back to burn them. I yeah, remember no, the playoffs. Yep. You know, you look at playoff records in game five and game seven in recent years, the home team has done very well. So yeah, I, it's a, it's when you're looking at players on these contending teams, you know, I think the best players are going to play a lot down the stretch because that, that, you know, we're in a normal September, they might have a lot more off days. I don't think that's going to be the case this year with the caveat being how hard are they going to, you know, push starting pitchers. Yeah, and that's really the question. You got the Yanks on the other side who have a rotation that's really in question, mostly because of the the COVID injured stints for Garrett Cole and Jordan Montgomery. Uh, it sounds pretty likely they're coming back the beginning of next week, so they would be back in time for that three game series that they have against the Red Sox at home. There's a doubleheader in that, which is a makeup game they have. They have a makeup game on Monday against the Angels. Uh, do you have any worries here? Garrett Cole has had a 
kind of an up and down year. And I'm not just talking about the absence right now. He was really great early, had a little bit of a struggle once the new rules went into place. And then he was pretty darn good in a couple of outings before this COVID stint. No, I mean, look, what are you going to do? You're going to run with Garrett Cole. You're not going to bench him or anything like that. Um, You know, are there ramifications from this COVID? Again, we don't even really know the details. You know, does he have it? Is he in quarantine, right? We don't know even the details of his specific case. You know, if he has it and he's sick, you know, does he lose anything? I don't know, but... If you have Garrett Cole, you're all in. You're 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 starting him. I think every start. And, and I'm still estimating when he gets back, he's the number one pitcher in fantasy. I, I just yeah. think he's got that kind of talent. It is up for grabs, though. That spot, I think there are plenty of guys who make a claim <laughs> for the number one spot. One of them was amazing yesterday. Yeah. If you know this, he tied a major league record. Corbin Burns is who I'm talking about. He had 15 strikeouts, no walks. He went eight innings in that game. He was amazing. And the record I'm talking about is he tied the mark for consecutive strikeouts in a game with 10. He tied the Tom Seaver and Aaron Nola uh, record. Nola actually set that, I think, earlier this year. Right. Burns has been great. I mean, I have a hard time just because of workload throwing him into that number one spot, but I'm a really big fan of Corbin Burns. Have been of him and Brandon Woodruff for a while. I want to give them that number one right next to their ranking name. Yeah, I mean, 10 strikeouts in a row. They were all swinging. 14 of the 15 were swinging. Like, I don't need to tell you about his stuff. It's it's as good as anybody's in baseball. Yeah, I think he's at 121 innings this year. So he's only going to get up to about 160. But again, there's so few starting pitchers that are are carrying a big workload this year that, yeah, that puts them right up there in whether it's number one in fantasy or number one in the Cy Young race. You know, you know, Woodruff is not the surprise, right? He's the guy I think I had him as a sleeper Cy Young guy going into this year, a little more of a track record. Burns, we were like, okay, he was terrible in 2019. He was great in that short season. We probably projected, you know, obviously better than 2019 when his ERA was eight something, but I didn't expect this. But then you see him pitch and his stuff is lethal. This guy is going to be a fantasy ace for many years to come if he stays healthy. Yeah, I think he will. I, I think for me, the question is just how high is that ceiling? I mean, if he could start throwing 200 innings and in, if not 2022, then 2023, does he have a chance of being the best pitcher in fantasy baseball? Is he currently the best guy to have in dynasty leagues? He makes a claim for it. I mean, Woodruff was a guy who I really liked in the preseason. I think I had him 11th in my rankings. I wish I could go back and put him fifth because I think Woodruff is that guy that every year you want five, 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 five. Yeah. Is Burns the guy who jumps ahead? And is the one you want in two years. That's that's what's exciting to me. Because he he remember the scouts loved him when he debuted. Yeah, the thing, you know, he has that full arsenal of pitches. Obviously, he added the cutter last year that's become sort of his de facto fastball. The interesting thing about long term is the Brewers have basically used a six-man rotation this year. I, I know I looked this up the other day. I'm pretty sure Woodruff and Burns have each made just one start all year on four days rest. So that's worked so well. Now, is this just a result of they don't want to ramp up the innings after COVID or has it worked so well that this is now the way the Brewers are going to use these guys next year? 
which means high level of production, but fewer innings if they're only starting every, you know, sixth day. So that's, that might be the one thing that prevents him from being a top three fantasy pitcher overall. Taking that a step further, I, I'm curious, just your opinion on this. Do you think baseball is going more towards the six-man rotation that the Brewers have used all year? Or do you think that this is more a case of the shortened year last year and worrying excessively about workloads? Do you think we go back the other direction next year? Or do you think this is all here to stay? Yeah, I don't, you know, it's a good question. And when I, I pop in every now and then on these manager Zoom calls and Early in the year, they were all just kind of like, we don't really know what we're going to do, other than almost everybody was conservative to start the year. But a lot of teams have remained conservative, like the Brewers, right? I I don't know. I think they're gonna I think it's gonna become more and more popular. You know, I personally I don't agree with it. I think guys should be pitching every fifth day. I think they can handle it, especially since they only go six innings and a hundred pitches, anyways. But when you see results like you're getting from the Brewers, I mean, Peralta, Woodruff, and Burns are one, two, and three in the majors and lowest batting average, I believe, you know, or one, two, and seven and lowest, one, two, and three in lowest OPS allowed. Anyway, they've been dominant. Wow, even better. <laughs> yeah, and they're two, three, and four in ERA. You know, they've been absolutely dominant. So, and we know baseball is a copycat sport and it's worked for the Brewers. Other teams have kind of used de facto six man rotations. You know, if you have the depth, teams are going to use it. Another guy who was pretty amazing yesterday, and you don't put him up with the, the these particular names, but Adam Wainwright. Yeah. Adam Wainwright had an amazing game yesterday. He threw his 11th shutout last night, which is pretty impressive. He's had an, a, a sneaky good fantasy season. Yep. He's he's definitely been a guy who should have been should have been active every start all year in all leagues. He's giving you volume. I'm kind of surprised, but with what he's done with either a late round pick or just kind of a waiver pickup in in standard ESPN leagues. And as a matter of fact, he he spawns a quick uh, trivia question. We're gonna have two trivia questions: one from me and one from Kyle. So we'll go with trivia, trivia. Let's ask the trivia. All right, so. That was Wainwright's 11th shutout, 11th career shutout. That tied him for the second most among active pitchers, Dave. Second most. You know the leader. The leader is Clayton Kershaw. He's got 15, but he's not technically active. As you know, he's on the injured list. (laughs) Can you name the pitcher who's tied with Wainwright in shutouts among active pitchers? I mean, I guess I would have to say Max Scherzer, but you had a smile on your face suggesting that's too obvious, but... I mean, what he's had is he had three no hitters in his career. That's three right there, right? So that's my guess. He's been around a long time. So yeah, I'm going to stick with Max Scherzer. Scherzer is tied for tenth with five, and Jake Arrieta is one of the men he is tied with. In Scherzer only has five shutouts. Yeah. yeah, according to this, he's got five career shutouts. That's I'm incredible. I'm surprised wow. by that too. Yeah. <laughs> The uh, So the hint on this one for you, and Kyle, you can jump in with a guess too if you like. This pitcher did also record the final out for his team in his game. The last out that his team recorded on the mound was recorded by this guy. And also, and this might give it away for you because you know our sim history together. <laughs> this pitcher in his first three seasons in his big league career had a cavernous home road ERA split. It was four runs higher on the road than it was at home. And he made 82 starts in those first three years. 
Four, his ERA was four runs higher at home? On the road than at home. You could not use him in fantasy in road games, and he was great at home. To start his career. To start his career. First three seasons of his career. Uh, well, it's not Bumgarner because those issues cropped up later in his career, right? Or maybe it is Bumgarner. Bumgarner is pretty high on the list, but he's not at Bumgarner has seven. He's tied for eighth. Sim guy. Okay, guy who could not pitch. We'll give Kyle a guess. I don't know. This is tough. I mean, Scherzer would have been my guess. And I was trying to think of guys. There's a reliever today. That's the problem. He's one of these guys hanging on. He's a reliever. Oh. Okay, he got the last out guess. in a game that I personally watched last night. <laughs> you watched last night? Oh, my God. Oh. Yeah. For his team. Huh. I feel like the more you throw hints, it's shooting down options I would have guessed, and now they're dumb guesses. Uh, yeah, this this one's a tough one. He hasn't been fantasy relevant in quite a while, so I could I could give you the name if you if you're out of guesses. Did John oh, my John Lester? But he's not. No, not Lester. Right Lester is tied for 14th with four. Berlander is nine. Plato has eight. Derek Holland has eight. Corey Kluber has Holland. eight. Wow. Derek Holland. Yeah. This is a tough one. I'll give you the answer on this. It's Irvin Santana. Oh, wow. Yeah. <laughs> Got the last oh, he had one year. Remember, he had like three shutouts in April a few years yeah. ago. Huh. Shoutouts are a pretty crazy category. I could not have expected that. So what Wainwright, Wainwright's doing is actually pretty remarkable, I think. Uh, no, and I, I mean, look, I know Eric, I think he's mentioned him on every podcast this year, <laughs> it feels like, because he keeps saying, pick up Adam Wainwright. I don't know what his... his uh, roster rate is right now but yeah plus you forgot to mention it was a maddox mm-hmm. i think it was 93 yep. pitches or something last it night. was so that was even better yep that is correct i forgot about it. yeah that, that's a good one to get in here we got to mention the maddoxes because they're so rare nowadays yeah that's for sure so there, there's a common bond between all these guys and it's just that i think all of these are and maybe not wainwright but he probably deserves at least Cy Young votes on the lower tiers I, i'm kind of curious here dave especially with all of your great baseball writing that um, I'd love to get your perspective on where the Cy Young race is shaping up, but also for fantasy, how do you think it's going to play out? That's what I'm most curious about. Can you give me your predictions here? Do you think somebody's going to soar ahead? Yeah. So, yeah. So like I'm looking at the player Raider Walker Bueller is number one among pitchers right now, seventh overall leads the majors in ERA, but just a tick ahead of Burns and Woodruff and Peralta. I guess he's the slight, favorite although zach wheeler leads all the war categories right he's 12 by a lot he's got a Um, eight war lead so i think right now it's probably bueller wheeler in some fashion one and two in in the national league with the brewers guys kind of right behind and kevin gossman as well man it's a crowded race isn't it i would go i'm going bueller right now because the dodgers have to ride him down the stretch. They're trying to catch the Giants. So that's one team that cannot back off its starters, um, you know, let alone their sort of some of their bullpen issues from time to time. So, and same thing with the Phillies. They're not going to back off Wheeler because they're battling for the division titles. So that's where I think the Brewers can continue to kind of be conservative with their guys. So in the National League, I don't know if you agree. I'm going Bueller Wheeler one, two in some fashion. Yeah. I would not 
disagree with that. I love Bueller. I'm a very big fan yeah. of his as well. Him and Corbin Burns are two of the most exciting young pitchers for Dynasty League that I would be building around. The There's a partial reason I brought this up. So one of the, the players I mentioned as a buy-low candidate yesterday, he's not really in the Cy Young race, still a very good pitcher, but has had an unlucky year as Sonny Gray of the Reds. And I put him in there because of how favorable the Reds' schedule was. The Phillies and the Brewers actually have uh, actually, it's top six remaining schedules. Yeah. So that's very interesting to me. The fact that Wheeler could give the the inning, he could capture the innings pitched crown. He might actually win it by a decent margin. He'll put up great numbers in doing it. And then the question for the voters is going to come down to, do you want those elite per inning numbers or does the volume matter this season? So I'm I'm really in on those Phillies and Brewers pitchers. Yeah, it's a good point. I guess I would throw this back at you too. If there's any other NL Central pitchers who aren't rostered, because the Pirates, their offense is is dreadful. The Cubs, no offense to what Corbin Burns did last night, but that lineup's a joke right now. So, you know, now the three main Brewers guys, they're obviously rostered. You, you know, I don't know who's the four or five starters for the Brewers. Anderson, Eric Lauer. Yep. Do you pick them up rest of the season? Again, you got to look at the schedule. How many games do they have against the Pirates and the Cubs? Same thing with Cardinal starters, Red starters. Like if they got a lot of games against those those two teams, I would be looking to to pick up some of those other NL Central starters. And I think that's a good move for especially for those who are doing the streaming strategy. And when pitchers hit their workload caps, remember that in September in the yep. playoffs. Good point. Um, yeah, actually the NL Central. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven. So four of the central division teams, NL Central, are in the top seven in terms of remaining schedules. And the Cardinals are the one with the worst. And they're in the upper half. They're actually yeah. the 15th best. They're in the upper half of that, barely. Astros are number one. I find that very surprising. The Houston Astros have the most favorable schedule, according to this, at least. <laughs> I'll have to run that with the forecaster grades at some point. You mentioned about the Cubs, by the way. Wilson Contreras, this happened a couple of hours ago, placed on the injured list with a knee sprain. So, yeah, don't you think? Stream oh, against the Cubs. He's probably their best hitter left, right? So, even yeah. worse now. Patrick Wisdom, the superstar. Yes. Hey, I know. There's a couple of those good stories this year. Yeah, where did that come from? <laughs> So let's shift to the Dodgers for a second. I want to go to their outfield. Uh, we had Mookie Betts go on the injured list with right hip discomfort. I feel like Eric and I talk about this all the time, the issues that he's had, just bumps and bruises all season. Um, what are your feelings on Betts for the rest of the year? And the other one I want to get into, so I'll ask the same same player in a, in a more expanded question, Cody Bellinger. Hitting a little bit better lately with four homers in his past four games. So Bellinger, you think his stock is trending up, and what are your feelings on Betts? Yeah, I was watching that Dodger game yesterday, and uh, yeah, he had the over the weekend what he home run in back to back, and what two home runs last night. Look again, con- considering where the Dodgers are at, chasing the Giants for them to for them to put Mookie on the injured list, that's got to tell you it's pretty severe, right? Where it, a lot of pain, whatever's going on. He's actually been hitting well, right? Lately, he's been pretty productive. Mm-hmm when he's yep. been out there. So yeah, I'm worried about that, that they, that they f- feel this is significant enough to put him in the IL. Yeah. Cody Bellinger, is he getting into a hot streak? Could be. He was 160. What a week ago, he's up to 183. 
Um, he's going to be playing every day now. So if he's available in your league, I doubt he's that available, but maybe a lot of people dropped him earlier. I would roll the dice on him. And I think worst case, he's rostered in almost any league we're thinking of. And even if he is, the, his manager is getting a little fed up with how he's performed up to this stage. As a matter of fact, yesterday was the day he was put on the trade block in one of my leagues. Yeah. Just kind of seeking out what, what this, this person could get for him. I think it might be an opportunity. The thing I love about Bellinger, Dave, if you know me in this show, I, I mention it all the time. I love the guys who can field because teams find a way to get them into the lineup. Yes. And that works in Bellinger's favor. Yeah, he's going to play. And I guess I would ask you as the fantasy expert, how much of this strategy depends on where you're at in the standings, right? If you're in second place or third place and you're trying to chase down the leader, do you have to take more gambles? Whether we mentioned Luis Robert earlier, a Bellinger, because if those guys get hot, they can get you over the top. Or are you content to play for second place uh, pennies? I don't know what, what you would advise there. It, it kind of depends on what the uh, <laughs> what jelly beans are involved for what right. races. That, that <laughs> does come into the equation for me. There are cases where it's best to aim for second or third place if first place is really out there. To me, if that's not driving your thinking, if there's not something like a huge divide between what the reward is for first versus second, I'm always going for first. And when you mention, do you trade for Bellinger then, you're probably getting him at beneath what he should perform at if you are aiming for the ceiling for him. If you're aiming for the ceiling, you aren't paying for the ceiling, and that's what you got to do. Because if you're going to get a superstar player, I mean, Eric and I talk about this a lot. If you want to get the superstar player, you're paying a superstar's price. Right now, you might not be for Bellinger. So I actually would take a chance. Unfortunately, the guy in my league who has him, I know is never going to let me try to get a buy low trade on Cody Bellinger. But there are other leagues where I think you could do it. And if you're in that spot where you're you're fifth place with an outside shot at first, those are the kinds of moves I would endorse. I asked this to uh, last week with Eric. I'll ask you too. Where do you rank Bellinger going into next year? I know you guys have all offseason to talk about that, but he's going to be impossible to, to rank, right? You know, assuming you're in a draft league from scratch. He And it's, I think it's a very timely and good question. I, I think we, in fact, might have talked about it in the last show that we had together, which would have been the trade deadline one. I really don't know the answer to this because I think the story, how it plays out over the next seven, eight weeks has a lot to say about his ranking. I think right now it would be hard for me to put him in the top 40 overall. I think I could probably find 40 better players, but the minute that that number passes, I'm not going to forget about the fact that this guy is young. He's got his future ahead of him. He's got elite power. And he showed in the past that he knew the strike zone better than he was this year. That's the one thing that bugs me is that he is swinging at bad pitches too much. Yeah. And usually players get better (laughs) at uh, controlling the strike zone as they get older. So I'm with you. That's concerning, you know, this year, you know, nine home runs and 197 at bats. It's the lack of extra base hits that bothers me. Mm -hmm. Only four doubles. Like, Tell, that tells me he's not driving the ball in the gaps. And I, I'm i a doubles guy. I love looking at doubles and strike zone judgment because I think that can translate to power. And it just tells you if he's a good hitter. So 
a lot of strikeouts, a lot of just fly balls because he's not hitting doubles, yeah. you know, whether that's the injuries or just what, I don't know. I But anyways, I'm with you. He's, I don't see a top 40 guy going into next year. Lowest ground ball rate, highest fly ball rate, highest strikeout rate of his career. So yeah. you know, he's got to correct those. I, I do think he could, but it's going to need to be a pretty good finish for him to earn the kind of ranking this year. He's going to be one of the ones who moves down the most year over year. So Dave, I know you're a Joey Votto fan. <laughs> I, I heard a filthy rumor about this. He's, he's been really good lately. I have to admit, I, you know, and he fascinates me because this is a guy who knew the strike zone better than anybody. And all of a sudden, last year, right around this time, it might have been almost a year ago to the day, he decided, you know what, I'm sacrificing some of those walks and batting average, and I'm going for a little bit of power. Yep. Fascinating at this stage of his career. I mean, here's a fact from our stats group. He was 43rd in the National League in home runs at the All-Star break. Now he's tied for second behind Tatis. He's he's hit 14 in 25 games since the All-Star break. Yeah, it's clearly an aging player who's learned what's he had to do. He's had to learn to cheat, right? His bat speed was slowing down. He wasn't not the bad long. cheat. Not the bad cheat. <laughs> <laughs> no, and it's working. You know, you know, he still gets enough walks. His OPS is nine fifty or whatever. And I had a chance in a sim league. Somebody offered me Votto, probably in June or something like that. And I, you know, I didn't really need him. I have Nate Lowe, you know, and Votto at the time. He wasn't doing anything. But this it's a sim league, so it's using sort of, in this league, projected stats. I turned it down, and now, boy, I wish I'd have him for next year. Man. Yeah, but, he's uh, going to have a, a really good sim card for next year. <laughs> yeah, but fantasy, I mean, I assume by now everybody's picked him up in leagues. But he was. I'm guessing at the All-Star break, he was probably – fairly widely available. So that's why you always got to pay attention. You never know who's out there on the waiver wire. And I mean, I think the biggest criticism I'd have for him now is just the injury question. Um, and I think Eric and I raised this one. I, I brought up that I, I'm bothered by the injured stints that injured, uh, injured list stints that he's had throughout his career at his age. But even then looking at his games totals, they're not disastrous. So yeah, it's, it's, Pretty amazing what he's done lately. Um, you mentioned Tatis. We should probably do that. I, I, I assume I buried the lead here. This is me being the <laughs> idiot. Fernando Tatis's return. It's expected this weekend. We don't know where he plays, center fielder, shortstop. Now, in fantasy, the, the hook there is if he qualifies in the outfield, he's a dual qualification player. You probably are playing him at shortstop. Right. But I've mentioned it's a deep position. But your perspective on Tatis, because Eric and I raised this, and we had Stefania Bell, who gives great in, uh, injury uh, information. And all three of us, Stefania, Eric, and I were all concerned the last time he went on the injured list for, for things like this. What now? Yeah, that's, I remember Stefania saying that with that type of injury, that's the kind of injury that can recur. I mean, he's, he's been taking a lot of fly balls and outfield the past few days. Um, so it seems like they're going to play him in the outfield. I, you know, right. What, does that protect him? I don't know. He could crash into a wall just as easily as hurt his arm making a long throw or sliding into home plate. So I don't really think that influences any impact on him in fantasy. If he gets hurt, he's going to get it hurt no matter where he plays. Yeah. I mean, I think it's just the all out play is not going to make yeah. much of a difference. I agree with you. I don't think it changes his injury risk or anything. I, 
I doubted him before. I probably shouldn't once he comes back. He'll probably be awesome for the final seven, eight weeks. I just hope he stays healthy and has an amazing career because he's a heck of a player. He's the number one player in fantasy for the next easily five, probably 10 years if he stays healthy. And I and I know Ronald Acuna, people are going to say that. Juan Soto, maybe he has a chance down there. I think it's Tatis. I was wrong on Tatis. I should not have doubted him. He's He's an amazing, amazing player. Uh, yeah, and, and no, in the outfield, the difference like you know, comparing him to a young Mike Trout is will they keep running? And Trout, you know, after that forty nine steals as a rookie, was never that aggressive again, and his stolen base total slowly declined. But Tatis is a different. I mean, he has a completely different build than Trout. He's leaner. I think. I mean, they both are, you know, basically 80 speed, so it's not a speed thing, but do you retain that aggressiveness and to put your body through what stealing bases require? And maybe the Padres next year tell them not to run as much because you can, you know, injure your shoulder. So that's the only unknown with him besides the injury factor. It's a fair point. I hope they don't. As a fantasy manager, <laughs> we'll see. Yeah. Let's get to one of our neat little features, Dave. You know this one. It's the combo meals. Hey, it's a combo meal. Combo. Combo. It's a combo meal. Home run plus steal. I'm just glad you did not ask me to sing. Although. uh, (laughs) Watch out. I might. Watch out. No. Unlike Todd, at least I know the song. (laughs) (laughs) Poor Todd. He, he he gave it his best on that, but the songs are are tough. Some people either can get into the tunes or they're not. At any rate, these players were making moves earlier this week, and Making Moves is brought to you by LinkedIn Jobs. Build your winning team today. Go to linkedin.com slash sports. So we had three combo meals since the last show. There were none on Monday. Tuesday, the first Oakland A, Seth Brown, and then Wednesday, the second Oakland A, Elvis Andrews, and Ozzy Elbies. Now, Albies is pretty amazing. I don't think we have to say much about that. Brown could play a little bit with Ramon Laureano out, I suppose. Yeah. Any any takeaways from those three? Uh, not did Albies do his last night? I um, yeah. God, that was he hit that walk off home run. That was impressive to um, win that game for the Braves. I mean, yeah, Seth Brown. I, I mean, he's not having a great year, but he might play. But I think they're going to also give Tony Kemp and Josh Harrison a lot of time in the outfield. So, you know, if you're in the AL only league worth looking at him, but you know, I wouldn't read too much into it. Yeah. I mean, I've added him for AL only play when the daily matchup is fine. I, I didn't see a lot more than Andres. Yeah. We used to be my guy in fantasy. I, I, I remember thinking he was underrated. Not so much now. Uh, let's get to our next wonderful segment. Dave, you know, this tune, don't you? Got to be the closer carousel, but I'm not, you know, it. no, it's the closer carousel awesome way to get into it all right so dave i'm curious uh your reaction to the red sox disastrous bullpen lately matt barnes uh trio bad games in the past week alone and he's been scored upon in four of ten appearances since the all-star break and adam adovino by the way scored on in four of nine (laughs) um so I don't know. I don't have Barnes's game log in front of me, but I know his track record says he's not great back to back. So I don't know how many of those were back to back appearances. 
you know, they've used those guys pretty heavily this year. Yeah, I guess it's still Barnes. I mean, I don't think they're going to move Garrett Whitlock in there. And he had a rough out in the other night. All that was bad luck. He wasn't really hit that hard. A couple bloopers in there. I think it's still Barnes. I think it is too. So yeah, to your point, he's made four appearances that were without rest. One, As a matter of fact, he pitched in the second game of the doubleheader and then the following day as well. That was one of the disastrous games, the blown save he had on, that was Sunday, I believe. The game, Yeah, the game in Toronto. And he also had a game where he gave up a run in July. So yeah, that's that's a good point. They've, you know, I, I'm still, I still think it's Barnes, but it's uh it's a concern. It is. How about it, their Go ahead. He has you know they have a lot more flexibility. Martin Perez is moving to the pen. Garrett Richards once you know that with with Chris Sale and Tanner Houck in the rotation. But I don't think they're going to use Perez or Richards in the ninth inning, but they could be late game options, you know, mix and match. Who is your Yankee guy? Ask Todd this on Monday, Dave. You get your call. Who is your Yankee guy for saves? Your fantasy relief pitcher from the Yankees the rest of the year? Well, you're the Yankee guy, but last night it was uh, Johnny Lasagna in the eighth inning of a 5-2 game, and Zach Britton got the save. Now, that looked like a matchup thing to me. Uh, Loyasaga came in to face the meat of the order, Salvador Perez and Hunter Dozier, right-handed batters. Britton got the bottom of the order. Is that how you read that? Mostly, because it's been <laughs> matchups driven so far. The only thing that struck me was Britton closed a game the day after, or the game after, or whatever it was, his his previous appearance. He came in a safe, uh, safe situation and blew it. So to me, that was a little bit of a confidence play. So maybe it's Britton now. Huh. I still back, so I like the back to back save opportunities. Correct. Yeah. That could, yeah. Well, we'll see. I I really don't know how to answer this. Todd and I both went Johnny Lasagna, but maybe now, it's Britain but, now. So, but is it still ultimately Chapman when he comes back? That's the thing. We don't know what to expect because he's been so, he had been so awful since mid June. And it's tough. And I, you know, you watch them. I watch them a lot. I can't imagine having any confidence in him, but I also can't imagine Aaron Boone saying, Oh, he's going to be my seventh inning guy. You know, like oh, I can't. He is a, he's a capital C closer. That's his job. Mm-hmm. You live and die with him. I think. I think so, the intent always I, was Chapman is the ninth Britain is the eighth period. I don't think it's, yeah. I think it's indisputable in Aaron Boone's mind, but not if they're not pitching great and they're not healthy. Right. So, yeah, that'll be mm. fascinating. Yeah. <laughs> We're not giving the advice here, right? We're just saying, well, we don't know. No, Come on. Be, yeah, but, but you know, that's been the nature of closers this year is that we're chasing saves, and I hate to chase saves, but the Yankee bullpen is leaning towards chasing saves, and I feel that way with a lot of these teams. That's yeah. why I think some of these premium I'm, – I'm, it's driving me crazy. I have two shares of Josh Hader. He's on the COVID IL list. I think he's supposed to come back today on Thursday, but – I it's I've been hurting without him. I mean, he's been great and I've been hurting without him in my fantasy teams. And there's one of those things, you know, we talked, we talked about how starting pitchers are going to be used. You can apply that to relievers. And a lot of times you get in these pennant races and managers, they'll shove their closers out there day after day. But I don't think Aaron Boone will do that with Chapman when he comes back. 
Like, I think that's a guy who you're going to, you're going to try to avoid back-to-back games as much as possible. So you could still end up chasing some saves, even if Chapman gets the majority of them. It's amazing to think how quickly that Yankee bullpen went from, wow, it's the scariest bullpen in the league to, I'm not so sure about any of these. Yeah, I know. Quick, how quick the game changes. Let's dive into the schedule. We mentioned already Thursday's action. It is already underway as of the time we were taping. So I hope you got in your lineups. There are, let's see, how many day games were there? 10 already today. Among the night games, however, I mentioned the Field of Dreams game, Yankees and White Sox. We already talked a little about that. That one, the ballpark, supposed to be the same measurements as Old Comiskey Park, was neutral, leaning slightly pitching. So if you have to make decisions there. Um Tonight's games include Shohei Otani pitching at 9.38 Eastern. That is a game against the Blue Jays. Otani's been amazing, Dave. I mean, I'll give you a second to sing his praises if you like. (laughs) Yeah, that's a tough – you start him against that Toronto lineup, and he hasn't pitched in a while, right? Is that – Yep, yeah. Correct? So I might be – I'm 50-50 on using him tonight, but – If he bats, if he bats in this game for himself – He's going against Jose Barrios. Would you start him as a hitter or a pitcher or neither? Ooh. I mean, I would start him as a as a hitter for sure. You you, you got to go with that. Hit a home run last night. Yeah, not as Has hot as one or the other. Be. You don't but you don't get the pitching stats. I would go hitter and I would not use him as a pitcher. But then again, if he pitches bad, that means he's out of the game. So that's the I problem. You, that's the problem. <laughs> I guess you got to go pitcher then, don't you? You're you, you're I have used him as a pitcher every time. <laughs> I pitch. I've used him as a pitcher every time since I believe it was mid-May. I don't use him as a hitter when he pitches. I, I can't yeah, explain I why. I just is that layoff is he? How you know? But I, you know, we're deep enough into the year. They're not going to like hold back his pitch count. So you're right. It's probably makes spark just to use him as a pitcher. That's a scary matchup, though. Friday yeah. has all night games, so that's good for fantasy. It's a little easier to plan for your day. ESPN Plus has the Orioles at the Red Sox. That is Spencer Watkins versus Nick Pavetta. He's b- bounced back from uh, Tanner Houck, as Dave mentioned. He's pitching on Thursday oh, as Nick the Pavetta, Red Sox. He's terrible. I don't like him. I know he used to play for the Phillies. Maybe I'm biased, but yeah, do not you start Nick Pavetta even against the Orioles? Is that is that a good enough caravel? <laughs> That was a that was an, a high quality, excellent drop in. I'm I am impressed. <laughs> Keep it up. <laughs> Friday actually has some interesting uh, streaming options. That this is the day that Jack Flaherty is due to rejoin the Cardinals rotation. That's in Kansas City. A good matchup. Don't know if he's on a pitch count. Probably worth starting. But I listed a couple here, Dave. Josiah Gray hosts the Braves, or at least his team does, and he faces them. Adbert Alzale and the Cubs visit the Marlins in Miami. That's a pitching-friendly park. Cole Irvin is at Texas, another pitching-friendly park. That's a game in which Dane Dunning is rejoining the Rangers rotation. So Friday's action, anything stand out to you? Um, I'd be all in on Flaherty. I don't, I'm not for some reason too worried about his pitch count. I think you guys talked about that the other day, at least Flaherty doesn't seem concerned or <laughs> from some of the comments he's made, he feels like he's ready to, to go all in. Um, yeah, Gray was, he wasn't so great his last start, was he? I don't think I'd be in on Joseph. That was the, Gray. that was the strikeout game. That was the 10 K game. I'm pretty sure. Oh, okay. His first start then was the one where he struggled. So mm-hmm. Um, like any young pitcher, inconsistent at this point. So, all right, I'm in then. If he had 10 Ks last game, 
Roll the dice. Swing and miss rate is swing and miss rate is almost twenty percent for him. I I love his stuff. I want to see. Yeah, him. I didn't see him pitch that pitch. that game. I wish I would have. Um, certainly, it's, it's a good arm for the future. It's definitely an innings cap kind of guy, but I just I love his raw stuff. He's a fun player to watch. But of course, I'm biased to my sim guys, and Dave, you know this is why I love you. You sing the Jack Flaherty's praises, and you know my stake in him in our sim league. <laughs> Saturday's action he's, starts. He's struggling uh, in your sim league, though, Tristan. What's up? Uh, translating from St. Louis to Yankee Stadium, since I'm the Yankees, I don't know. I <laughs> he really is the the bad luck guy of that sim league. He's what four and ten, I think, for me, and he's given up thirty homers. I I can't explain it. Sometimes I can just manage it. Saturday is 4.05 p.m. Eastern. That's when the action starts. That's the Reds at Pirates. That's Luis Castillo pitching. And I mentioned that just because, and I'm, I'm apologize. I don't have the Twitter handle of the person who mentioned this one tweeted the catching splits for him. The Reds need to catch Tyler Stevenson for Luis Castillo the rest of the year. Huh? Luis Castillo is definitely catcher specific. If you go into his catcher splits on his baseball reference page, he definitely is one who looks like he could use a personal catcher. And that's not just this year. So keep an eye on it. Uh, ESPN Plus has Yankees at White Sox. That is when they return to Chicago. That's at 710 Eastern. Jamison Tyone faces Dylan Cease. And, of course, we get Chris Sale. Yep. Dave, would you start I, Chris Sale against yeah, the start, Orioles? Yeah, against the Orioles at Fenway. Absolutely. Um, you know, his minor league record, I get this year. I know I heard an interview with Alex Cora last week, so this was before his final rehab start. But Cora did allude to the fact that he'd been hit hard at times. The strikeouts were there, the walks were okay, but the minor league hitters apparently were smashing some line drives off him. Uh, I think that's why they gave him an extra one more rehab start before calling him up. But I'm 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 pitching him. I am too. I, I kind of find that hard to believe. I His numbers were so amazing during the rehab stint. Wow. Yeah, they were. So that I was caught a little off guard by that too. But, you know, read into it what you will. I mean, I guess I'll trust the manager in this case, but I'm still starting him. That's a good matchup. Yeah, that, I, I like when you get a good matchup for the guy returning. So Flaherty and Sale both get that. Sunday is all day games, no surprise as usual, except for Sunday Night Baseball on ESPN. That's at 7 p.m. Eastern, and that's the Dodgers at the Mets. It's Max Scherzer against Carlos Carrasco, and both of these pitchers were among the many on Tuesday who had their starts cut short by the yeah. rain, so I hope they stay on turn for that. They'll pitch either Saturday or Sunday, either of them, I am sure. Interesting pitching matchup. I mean, a couple of years ago, we'd say that's that's a pretty high you know, top shelf, high level pitching matchup. Um, I don't know the, about starting Carrasco in this game. Scherzer for sure. Carrasco, yeah, Scherzer, start him? absolutely. The Mets offense is, they did kind of get a few runs yesterday, but that offense has been terrible. Scherzer, no brainer. Carrasco, probably not. I know it's at home, but against that Dodge, you know, good Dodger lineup. And he really has not looked great since he's come back. So I'm, I'm passing on Carrasco. I am too. I I think he's going to be good for the most part, but a matchup where he's pitch capped against the Dodgers does worry me. The other I want to bring up Sunday, and then we'll get to our hash browns. Uh, Dave is Freddie Peralta is has the game at Pittsburgh's PNC Park. Great matchup. Yeah, but he's pitching on four days rest. We were just talking about this. The workload, it's a question. Yeah. No. He, now he's 
actually made a few more starts on four days rest than the other two. I think he has made four. So he's done it a few times this year. I think that's a pitch count thing. You know, sometimes his pitch counts early in the year were so low that they brought him back uh, on the regular rest. But you got to love him against the, the Pirates. Even if he only goes five or six innings, it's going to be quality, quality work. The per bat theory. I love it, Dave. I'm with you. Sign me Where up. Where did this guy come from? I mean, we just raved about, you know, Burns, but is Freddie, how many fantasy leagues is Freddie Peralta going to win people this year? Like, a he's got to be up there. You guys talk about most valuable based on draft position. He's got to be up there. I, I think all of my most competitive teams have Freddie Peralta on them now that I think of it. Because, yeah, all the ones I'm thinking of are NL, either mixed or NL only. And Freddie Peralta's on every one of them. They're not all in first. (laughs) Eric would be so mad to hear that, but no, he's, he definitely is contributing based on where you got him. Uh, Monday, good news for fantasy. The games don't start till seven Oh five Eastern. So we'll cover all the Monday games on that show. Uh, I'll also point out the forecaster does come out on Friday. So I'll have two star pitchers and the like for you then. So take a look for that. But in the meantime, Dave, let's dive in. We're going to get Kyle talking and singing and doing all sorts of dances (laughs) with the hash browns. And trivia, I'm sure. Talking is part of that. Dancing, singing, that's TBD right now. But we got trivia. I want you to name the three players for me with at least six bombs and six steals since the beginning of July. Just three players have done it. Six homers, six steals since the beginning of July. I'll give you three hash browns to get ready for that. Dan wants to know, can you give him a name game for Shane Baz? I saw this one. That's tough. Because name games do actually fit for players who have variable rankings. I'm not sure quite where to place him because I don't know how much he's going to give you. Dave, what would your be your projection on starts for Baz? The rest of the year? Yeah. Major League starts. I, mean, I assume they're going to call him up, but it's the Rays. Is he on the 40-man roster? That's. Uh, I think he'll he, make four, four starts in September. He is not on the 40-man roster. See, that's the thing. So it wouldn't shock me if he doesn't get called up, but I think he will. He hasn't pitched that many innings this year. You know, he was on the Olympic team, which was cool, but he didn't get a lot of innings during those couple weeks. I think the over-under is three and a half. Three and a half. Yeah, I said four, so we're kind of on the same page. And I might take the under on that. Yeah. The 40 man's a big deal because the Rays have such a crowded 40 man. They don't want to lose anybody. Yeah. I'm trying to see if they have anybody they could shift to 60, but then if they do that at the end of the year, they've got to get them off the, off the 60 man. Um, Just to throw you a name or two to compare John Gray, would you rather have Gray or Baz? Gray. Coors Field and all. Chris Flexen, you watch a lot. Flexen's actually pretty good. Doesn't strike out a ton of guys out, but he gets the job done. He's going to pitch every fifth day. I'll go Flexen. I would too. And this is not looking good for Baz. I'll give you one more, and it's his teammate or his soon-to-be rotation mate, Luis Patino. I own Patino in at least one league. Um, He has a big platoon split. He's still struggling to get lefties out. So I'm not super confident on him. I might go Baz over Patino. And I'm almost coin flip here. I'll take Patino because I think it's more known innings. I I like Patino. I think he's going to figure it out. But you are dead on that that he's in an adjustment period. Yep. 
like that. I think you set the bar pretty well there. Tough to stash him at this point. Show wants to know, AJ Pollock or Jesse Winker the rest of the way? Yeah, we brought up a Winker on a couple shows ago, Dave, that that he had a widening platoon split, and that was kind of an issue for him. And he had that huge slump. Huge slump. I think it was the first three or four weeks of July. Yeah. Yeah. That's close. (laughs) Pollock? Pollock. He's going to be, yeah, I would go Paul. He's going to be playing right with Mookie out. So I think he's in there every day. I probably would go Pollock too. I'm going to go with the, the, the strength of lineup. Oh, all right. I like it. And Dylan's got injuries killing his pitching staff right now. He wants to know who some of your favorites on the wire to add in terms of starting pitchers are concerned. Starting pitchers on the wire. That is always a tough one because I don't have the roster percentages. Give me one moment. Josiah Gray, I mentioned before. Some of the recently added guys across many leagues. Quantrill, Logan Webb, Lewis Gill, Marco Gonzalez. Heel. 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 My apologies. (laughs) Alex Manoa is on that list. Mad Bum if you're trying to go that route. Let's see. Kyle Muller's on that list. I am a very big Cal Quantrill guy. What's the percentage for him? Is it 56%? It's nearly doubled over the last seven days, but still widely available. Needs to be at least 75. I like Quantrill, yeah, especially in that division. Yeah, definitely. That's a real good reason. And your guy, I mean, you mentioned, I know you guys talked about him on Monday, but Hill, Luis Hill, his stuff is unbelievable. It is. I you just gotta keep starting him, right? He's been great in two outings. And I'm a little surprised he's not starting Saturday's game, but the Yankees, you know, pointed out it's Tyone and Nestor Cortez. So Hill could figure next week. I was surprised they didn't keep him in the rotation. I mean, I know his walk rates in the minors are terrible and he could come out and walk five guys in the first inning. But if you want to roll of the dice, I would recommend yeah. him. That's that's light Josiah Gray to me. Yeah. Yeah. Are you going back Gray? Could be bad. Mad Bum? Yeah. He's widely available. He's been a great last month. And the name inspires confidence to some degree. I'm, I've been out on him all year, and I've been wrong for like six starts in a row now. I think the Diamondbacks have a lot of cores games left and their schedule isn't very good, if I recall. Andy, I mean, is any schedule good for the Diamondbacks? It's not like you're counting on them winning games. But, you know, I worry a little bit there that they don't have the bullpen depth behind him. Wins are going to be even harder with a situation like that. If you're in cores often, you might drop into one or two of those matchups. You want no part of them for a guy like that. He's going to face the Dodgers. He's going to face the Padres. I'm a no. Shane Baz or Mad Bum? Oof. Yeah, I'd speculate on Baz. Mad Bum has a 197 ERA over his last five starts. Yeah, it's sub two since the beginning of July. Here we go again. <laughs> I was funny about, my neighbor but, comes over however, and he's like, should I add Mad Bum because he had a stretch like that? And what happened? I'm like, nah, I can't do it. And he blew up. <laughs> only He only has 20 strikeouts in 32 innings, though. Mm. Dave, what about you? Baz or Bum? Well, I, I guess I'd go Bumgarner just because we know he's going to be pitching. But yeah. I'm with Tristan. If you look at the schedule, that's a that's a huge key. Like these games are against the Pirates, the Cubs, the Rangers. Then he had a good game against the Giants. 
They had one against the Padres in there, too. And then he beat the Padres his last yeah. – or, or a good start against them. Yeah. Recently. I don't know. I, I, he's, yeah, I don't know. He's tough. I can't get behind supporting him, but he, he's pitching well. Back to trivia. Three players since the beginning of July with six homers and six steals. Who are they? There are three of them. I would first guess Cedric Mullins. <laughs> Cedric Mullins is one of them. Good work. Oh, we got one. We <laughs> got one big name and one reasonably big name high up on your keeper list. Both of the remaining guys. I have no idea. Your dynasty ranks. I have no idea, but I'll guess Starling Marte. But I don't know if he's hit six homers. He's got nineteen steals, but only three homers. Three homers. Where's Boba Shed on this list? Hmm. He's not one of the right answers. I can get bummer. Bum- not a mad bummer either. <laughs> that was better than what I was going for. Oh, Aussie Albies. We were just talking about him. Albies is not either. Let me see where he wow, is. Wow. I'm, I'm surprised by that. Okay. I mean, a combo meal alone. He only has three steals. A combo meal alone puts you in a good spot here. Hmm. One infielder, one outfielder. One elite first name, one not elite first name. (laughs) (laughs) An infielder and an outfielder. So Kyle Tucker. Kyle Tucker is one of them. He's got eight homers and six steals. Now you're missing an elite guy. An elite guy? Oh, yeah. Goodness. It's not Tatis, is it? Not Tatis. Tatis has five and seven. Oh, Turner. Trey Turner. Turner, no. He hasn't played enough recently. Well, you said elite. I mean, I was going for elite. Does Tim Anderson have it? Tim Anderson does not. But you're in the right ballpark here. Literal ballpark? Or is that no, the figure? Not, li- not literal ballpark. Because <laughs> otherwise I'm narrowing it to White Sox and Yankees. Uh, gosh. Third base. Infielder. A third baseman has done it. Ooh. Wow. Over this stretch, he has seven homers, seven steals, 18 RBI. Jose Ramirez? Jose Ramirez it is. Huh. There you go. You guys got I that. Mullins, that. Your first guess was the hard one. Well, Tristan well, got Mullins, three, so good job. Mullins the 2020. Yeah, it's the first time I've ever done that. <laughs> it's all because of the corn hat. It's given the superpowers. Thank you, hat. Yes, the magic hat. <laughs> if you want to see the hat, check it out on Twitter. We do have the picture posted, so it's – uh. It's it's something it's like a cheese head but skinny and long. Yeah, yep, kind of that way. I can't believe that somebody made this, but they did. So I can't believe somebody bought it. Fortunately, I didn't have to do that. They gave me it. (laughs) I don't know what you charge for a hat like this. Anyway, uh, that will do it for the Fantasy Focus Baseball Podcast today for Thursday. Thank you, of course, Dave. I great baseball insight. Keep up with Dave's work over on the MLB page at ESPN. Dave writes a lot of fantastic stuff, covers all sorts of baseball, and has great insights that can also help you with fantasy. Thank you, Kyle, for all you do for the show and for, of course, that trivia that I finally got right. Yes, for Kyle, for Dave, for the popcorn hat, I am Tristan, and I'll see you next time.